Larry Kruger here with your Tales from the Bay podcast after the 49ers lose to the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. 31-7 to was the final as the 49ers season comes to a crashing halt. And it will be the Philadelphia Eagles who move on to Glendale, Arizona, uh, to battle the AFC champion in the Super Bowl. Well, let's talk about this one right from the start. It was doomed as uh, the 49ers would win the coin toss. Philly would get the ball first. Um, on the very first series, Fred Warner looked like he was had a, had some kind of a concussion, had to go into the tent. Um, Oren Burks had to come into the game. Philly, you know, had a conversion on third and eight on their first drive where Hertz threw to A.J. Brown and converted. And um, and then ultimately the big play on that first drive was fourth and three from the 35. And Steve Sirianni decided to go for it. And Hertz went up top against against Jimmy Ward to Devontae Smith. And the first couple of camera angles showed that he had caught it. They went to the break, and um, the Eagles called another play. Uh, as soon as it got to first and goal, they quickly got to the line of scrimmage and called another play. And replay reviews, another review came out a couple seconds later that said that showed that Devontae Smith had not actually made the catch. So, unfortunately, that continued the drive. And on second and goal from the six, Miles Sanders ran in untouched from six yards out as the Philly offensive line blew the Niner defensive line off the ball. And so Philly had a 7 nothing lead um, in what looked like, you know, after the play, like a bad call, like a play that the 49ers probably should have challenged. But, um, you know, the angle that kind of was definitive that showed that Devontae didn't catch it really wasn't shown until very, very late in the process. And so... Um, the 49ers didn't get a good look at it. They didn't challenge it. And Devontae wound up scoring a touchdown and giving Philly a 7 nothing lead that, um, that they, you know, would have been a turnover on downs because that was a fourth and three play. It should have been 49er ball. Instead, it was 7 nothing Eagles. So, but the Niners' nightmare was just starting because Brock Purdy, who was you know, really 8-0, when you think about it, he came in in that Miami game. He didn't start it, but he had won eight games in a row, uh, including two playoff games. And Purdy came in. He threw a nice little pass to Kittle uh, for a short gain on first down. Um, and and ultimately, on this first drive, on a second and sixth play from the 50, Purdy's arm was hit by uh, Hassan Reddick. And the ball fell incomplete. It could have been an interception. Uh, the 49ers were attempting to block Hassan Reddick with Tyler Croft, their backup tight end, and he just got abused on that play. So, uh, unfortunately, um, Philly decides that there was plenty of time, and they got another look at this particular play. They decided to challenge, thinking that it wasn't an incomplete pass, that it was a fumble, and sure enough, <laughs> the refs came back from the timeout, looked at it, said it was a fumble. So Philly was uh, once again, you know, with the p- possession of the football. The Niners' defense would hold, though. On third and four, Samson Ebicom stuffed Gainwell. So, you know, things were the, the Niners were down seven at that point, um, but Josh Johnson was coming in at quarterback, and at this point, we were figuring out that Brock Purdy's elbow, that there was some 
some uh, nerve damage or at least nerve impactment by the uh, hit by Reddick. And so Josh Johnson came in the game and really looked like what he is, which is the fourth string quarterback with that the team had no intent, intention of playing. Um, all of a sudden, here come delay of game penalties. The 49ers can't get plays called on time, and they can't protect, and Johnson looks raw, and it just it didn't look good at all. The Niners were forced to punt uh, on on Johnson, Josh Johnson's first series. Philly would get the ball back, and on a third and nine play, uh, Hertz went over the middle to A.J. Brown, who had beat uh Charvarius Ward, and it was an incomplete pass, and so Eagles were forced to punt. Niners would get it back on their third possession. Josh Johnson's still in there, and they got a couple more delay of game penalties. They got an illegal formation penalty, um, and here's where the penalties really started to hurt the 49ers, and they were forced to punt. Eagles would get it back, and uh, Dre Greenlaw had a key tackle for a loss. So would Bosa, and the defense for the 49ers would start to hold there in the second quarter, and the Niners would get it back for uh, their fourth possession. And this one, Ray Ray McLeod uh, had a nice little return. The 49ers drive started roughly around midfield. It was right around the 46-yard line. And then uh, Josh Johnson threw a screen to McCaffrey, and uh, he got he took a big hit on the play, and eventually the 49ers would move down the field on second and 10 from the 22. McCaffrey went in, I should say from the 23-yard line, 23-yard touchdown run. Um, he jumped over Epps, the safety, broke a tackle, kept the legs churning, and so he had a 7-7 ball game, a really nice touchdown run by uh, CMC, capped a six-play drive, and he had a 7-7 game. And it was anybody's game. Philly on their next possession would really be benefit of uh, multiple 49er penalties. A third and six play, personal or uh, a pass interference call against Jimmy Ward. Then there was a call against T.Y. McGill that kept the drive alive as well. And then later, um, Hurts you know, threw it away on a second and nine play, but it was a penalty on Charvarius Ward for illegal contact downfield. And so the drive continued. And ultimately, Miles Sanders would go in from 13 yards out untouched. So it was a 14-play, 75-yard drive, Eagles up 14-7. Here's where the game absolutely turned. 49ers get the ball back with a minute, 30 sec- minute 36 left in the second quarter. Shanahan clearly showed that he wanted to try to score. He was very aggressive. Um, Johnson threw a slant to Debo on first and 10 for an 11-yard gain. And on first and 10 from the Niners' own 36-yard line, Josh Johnson just fumbled the snap. Simple as that. Shotgun snap, hit him in the hands. He fumbled it. Hassan Reddick recovered it. Huge turnover. Eagles in business now inside the two-minute warning with the ball on the 30-yard line. And Boston Scott would go in from 10 yards out to make it 21-7. So this is where the Eagles took this game. They had two touchdowns in a span of a minute and 20 seconds late in the second quarter. And that's pretty much ball game. 21-7 at halftime. Um you know, the, what can you say? I mean, the Eagles, you know, really won this game, but it was Johnson with a costly fumble late in the second quarter that set them up for a, a pivotal touchdown. 49ers lost connection. Miles Sanders had two touchdowns in the first half. Um, 
49ers, you know, Philly led in first downs, 15 to 6. They led in plays, 38-24. They led in time of possession, 19 minutes to 11 minutes. And more importantly, the 49ers had six penalties in the first half that were absolutely crushers. So um, 49ers would get the ball to begin the third quarter, and Josh Johnson would drive them a little bit down the field. They got to their own 40-yard line, and on a second and 14 play, Johnson's arm was hit by a Sue, the defensive tackle, and the ball fell incomplete. It was nearly an interception, but Johnson went to the ground and banged the back of his helmet on the ground and was concussed and had to come out of the game. So here it is, Brock Purdy, you know, early third quarter coming back in the game. I'm sure 49er fans were excited to see Purdy out there, except it was really quickly apparent that Purdy could not throw pretty much at all. I think he only attempted one pass the rest of the game, maybe two. Um, So the 49er offense, you know, the Eagles knew the Niners had to run. The uh, Niners could only run. They tried a bunch of creative runs, but it just didn't work. And um, they couldn't sustain any drives in the second half of this game. The Eagles ultimately would put together a 15-play, 91-yard drive drive where Jalen Hurts um, went into the end zone on a one-yard touchdown run where, you know, basically they just lined up and his lineman just kind of pushed him in there. And that made it 28-7. Eventually, the Eagles would get another long drive where Jake Elliott would kick a 31-yard field goal to make it 31-7. Late in the fourth quarter, 49ers had the ball. Uh, McCaffrey ran for seven yards on third and nine, and there was some real physical hitting going on on that play. And then a brawl erupted between Trent Williams. He was in the middle of it. He pulled the eagle safety off of the pile and threw him to the ground. Trent was ejected. Um, The eagle player was ejected as well. Uh, Wallace, number 32, they were both ejected. And that was pretty much it. That was the last highlight of the night. And so that was the final. Philadelphia wins it 31-7. to And just looking at this thing, I mean, the 49ers lost um, because they had no offense. I mean, there was once Brock Purdy went down, there was no offense to speak of. 49ers only had 11 first downs on the day. Philly dominated the time of possession, 70 plays to 45 plays. 37 minutes and change to 22 minutes of time of possession. Um, you know, the 49ers, put, you know, put, put together only 164 total yards of offense. So Philly outgained them by over 100 yards of offense. Um, it was just an ugly game for the 49ers. They tried to run. You know, it was 24 runs for the Niners, but they only ran for 81 yards. When everybody in the place knows you're going to run, Um you know, it's just as simple as that. It's impossible to run. The Niners offense never got into the red zone the entire game. So how would they have done in the red zone? We don't know. They went 0 for 0 in the red zone. Um, penalties, the 49ers had a disastrous day penalty-wise. They lost their composure in the second half a little bit. Um, but they also had a lot of costly penalties in that second quarter. 11 penalties for the 49ers, four for Philly. And then minus three in turnovers. You know, the 49ers had been taking the ball away. And in their 12-game winning streak, they had only, um, you know, they turned it over once or less in all 12 of their wins. So on the streak, they'd been taking care of the football. That wasn't the story today. They had three turnovers. Um, 
uh, you know, on this on the season, they leading the NFL in turnover margin, and they were you know second in uh, in takeaways. You know, last year they were nineteenth in takeaways. This year they were second. They didn't get any takeaways in this game. So ultimately, it was just this game was doomed from the start. I hate to say it, I mean, we could sit there and analyze it a million different ways, but really, what happened was Brock Purdy went out. Uh, the 49ers were absolutely done offensively at that point. Philadelphia, I don't think Philadelphia necessarily gave the 49ers their best effort um, because they were just, they they knew the 49ers had nothing offensively. And so they weren't taking any chances. They weren't throwing it down the field. They were probably running it more than they normally would. Um, you know, if you look at, at Philadelphia, you know, they had 44 runs and 25 passes. So once they knew that the Niners could not really mount any offense, it just became about run the ball, don't take any chances, be safe, be very vanilla, um, and you know, go for it maybe if you want to, but punt unless you think you got a real good chance to continue the drive and play defense and and just bank that the 49ers with Josh Johnson or an injured Brock Purdy couldn't do anything, and they couldn't. So Johnson looked really bad. I'll say that. I mean, he really looked to me. He couldn't get plays called in on time. He couldn't hear the coaching staff. Um, he looked out of rhythm. I mean, he just he really just looked like a guy who was showing up, not expecting at all to play today, and was thrust into a role that he was ill-prepared for. So um, ultimately, you know, the 49ers, they went for it a couple times on fourth down. They were two of eight on third down conversions. They were zero for two on fourth down conversions. But you know, ultimately, this one was just about when you lose your starting quarterback and the defense knows that all you can do is run the ball. It becomes very, very difficult to run the ball. Now, the 49ers defensively, I think, did a lot of good things in this game. I mean, they really did a nice job. Drake Greenlaw uh, had a costly penalty, but. Nine tackles, two tackles for a loss, eight tackles for Fred Warner. Um, you know, Hafonga once again blitzed and fell off a blitz. That wasn't good. But the Niners just didn't, for a team that has put so many resources in their defensive line, um, you know, they really struggled to get a lot of pass rush in the in the second part of the year. One sack today from the 49ers, it came from Eric Armstead, only two hits on the quarterback. So, I mean, to by, you know, by comparison, the Eagles had three sacks and seven hits on the quarterback. So more than triple the Niner hits on the quarterback uh, the Eagles produced today. So, you know, defensively, it was a disappointing effort. Um, they flew around. They, they lost their composure a little bit, I thought, in some key moments in the second half of this game. But this game was all about Brock Purdy getting hurt, the 49ers running out of quarterbacks, and simple as that, you know, you look up and you lose Brock Purdy and suddenly you're on your fourth string quarterback and nobody in the building believes you can throw the ball. And suddenly it's like ball game. So there you go. 31-7, 49ers lose to the Eagles. The Niners season comes to an end and the Eagles move on to Glendale and the Super Bowl. Now let's hear from 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan at his postgame presser. Um, a Josh Johnson concussion. Go ahead. Kyle, do you have a sense at this point if the severity of Brock's injury? No, we don't.
Yeah, it's difficult. It would have been the same. I mean, it was that or we were going to go Wildcat, so we would have mixed both in, but we didn't get enough long enough drives to show that either. Did they do the, the independent person flag Josh uh, for the concussion? How did that kind of play out there? I'm not sure. They just tell me that he's out and goes to the tent. I don't know who did it, but he had one. Sorry, when Purdy gets hurt, do you start thinking at that point what happens if the backup gets hurt as well? What do we fall back on? Uh, yeah, we have that. And we have an emergency package, but uh, usually hoping you can end a game with it and stuff. So um, we put our quarterback in there just to, so we could at least run a normal run game. Like McCaffrey might have been talking to some coaches that it might have been him, or was that under discussion? Yeah, we had all that stuff, but um, we didn't stay out there long enough to see it. Uh, you, after all this team's gone through, I mean, Brock being your third quarterback, how I mean, were you guys numb? What was the feeling after Brock got in here, too? I don't think we were numb. I think, I mean, guys were up for the challenge. You know, I thought our defense was playing real well. Um, you know, I, we felt Josh was going to go in there and execute our plan and give us a chance. Um, you know, that we, we got, I think it was 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, they went down. They got a number of those. They had that one long drive with all those penalties. Um, and then they got the 14-7. And um, we ended up having that fumble, which was 21-7. We felt confident coming out in the third quarter. But on that opening drive, we, we lost our last quarterback. And then after that, it was when we were inspired watching our defense and stuff. And we felt the whole time down two scores, we felt we could run the ball well enough and hopefully generate some stuff and hopefully get a turnover on the other side or something like that to give us a chance to come back. Um, um, but we didn't move the chains enough. And then once they got that third um, score, I believe, after the roughing the punter, um, then it was real tough to catch up. I know it just, it just happened, but you guys went 12 straight to get here. I know you felt great about this. And to have the season end with two quarterbacks or after getting two quarterbacks or before that, What's you know, the emotion when that all sinks in? Uh, I was. I mean, guys are pretty down in there. We um, we were really excited for today, and we really wanted a opportunity to play that team. And not to, they they played great. Um, they did good things, but um, you know, we wish we had a little bit better opportunity than we did today. Kyle, on that first drive, the replays pretty clearly showed that Devontae Smith did not catch that ball. Why wasn't it challenged? Because the replay we saw didn't definitely show that. They actually, we saw one up on the scoreboard. I was going to throw one anyways, just to hope to take the chances. But they showed one up on the scoreboard um, that didn't have all the angles you guys saw. And that looked like a catch. And so we don't want to waste the timeout, which we definitely would have if we didn't see that. But then I heard they got a couple other angles. And you guys end up seeing later that it was so not a catch. Um, I mean, guys, there's not much to say right now. I mean, it was kind of tough to talk in there right after the game for everybody. I mean, uh, we got, I got more love for these guys than I possibly could have, and they got it for each other. Um, I was real proud of how they fought out there. Um, our guys didn't shy away from anything. Uh, thought they got dealt a pretty tough card today, um, or a tough hand. But, um, you know, I just, I just hurt for those guys. You know, we really wanted to, you know, we felt really good about this game. And it was a tough one, some tough circumstances. And um, we should have done a few things better. But um, I'm really proud of the group in there and um, excited to look forward to talking to some of them on the play. What happened on the play during which uh, Brockford made his elbow from your bench? Um, someone hit him in his elbow, the backside DN, number seven. Uh, what do you think on that play, um, Brock? No, just play action. It's usually who blocks the outside guys on play action or tight ends.
is it your understanding there's supposed to be an independent person on that, that fourth down play on the first drive that, that it's not all in your hands that there's somebody who recognizes that and, and shows other angles before the next play gets run? Yeah, we all do it. We all look at stuff. It's really easy to see when you when you get to see it that it's incomplete, but that other person, myself, everyone in the stadium looking at the screen and all the angles that we had and the timing of it was snapped, which I don't know what you guys had, but we couldn't see that. So I guess my point is should they should have, should that other angle have been shown earlier at some point that everybody can see it? Is that kind of the protocol? I wish. But I mean there's people I mean I, I think the NFL can do that if they see it. You know, they're supposed to do it, but I mean, we didn't see it. So there's a play clock. You got 40 seconds. They're going to get it off, and um, they got it off. I was going to throw it anyway. I was just hoping, but it looked like he caught it. And then they show a, re a replay up there, which I was shocked they showed it. Um, but it ended up looking like a catch on the replay, too, because you couldn't see the other angle. So that's why we did it. And then I was told at the end of the drive, they saw a couple of other angles, and we, I was told it was incomplete. Uh, what do you think about Josh and the way the offense ran before he got hurt? Obviously, a tough situation for him, given how long. Um, I mean, he didn't get to do much. I mean, he came in and threw that slant to Debo, and they were right, going to get into two minute, and um, we were just going to go to another screen, and they ended up um, mishandling the snap, which was obviously not a good play because um, they ended up getting it, and they got seven more from it. Um, and then he got hurt on the first series the next time, so Josh didn't get to do much either. How much like Brock? Um, did he try to lobby? Did, did he get back in the game at all? What, what kind of his emotions? Right? Um, he didn't lobby much. Because he went and kept throwing and realized he couldn't. And so there was no really discussion after that. He, he couldn't throw. And then when he came in, we had to decide what he could throw. And uh, there weren't too many options at that. What, why was your defense so off kilter, Kyle, from, from the jump? Uh, I didn't think they were off kilter from the jump. I think they're going against a pretty good team. Uh, I know they gave up seven on the first drive, but I felt like they shut them down for like the next three series. We felt like we had momentum, had some good stuff going. Um, I think the penalties really got to our defense. Uh, I think a number of them were self-inflicted that we got to do better on. A uh, few of them, um, you know, I'll see how it is when I saw the tape, but um, that's what got them going. And you're going against one of the best offenses in the league and can't make those mistakes, but you know, our defense held them to 14 there in the first half with two on, two with um, the two turnovers in offense. And so the second turnover got them seven. Um, and then they were out there pretty much alone the second half. Only they had a team that our offense was just able to run the ball and we weren't able to get some big ones. Um, so they had a pretty uphill battle versus a good team. And I was real proud of those guys. In retrospect, do you, do you feel it was ambitious to ask Tyler Croft to block Hassan right? Or is that a block you expected to execute? It's, it's a tough block. But all play actions are Titans versus edge rushers. They had us on a number of those today too. You know, it's you hope you can step up on it, um, which you usually do in a pocket. It was going. Ba had beat him. It was going to be a big play, um, but I didn't see what, what else the pocket was like. You got the edge on that punt. Um, when the punter, did it seem clearly to you that he got blocked in? Uh, that's what I thought, but you know, I'm not standing right in front of it like he is, so he should have a better view. But uh, that's what we all thought. There were some skirmishes there throughout the game. Was it just in Trent obviously throwing a guy down? Did you see that? And just then maybe the natural frustration that get coming out there? Oh uh, yeah, I mean I didn't see what happened on the on the skirmish. I'm just getting ready for the next play, so I didn't see exactly what happened. But you got two physical teams, guys playing hard. I know we were there frustrated at the end. Um, guys wanted to fight, wanted to play, and it was just it was a frustrating game for us. Take three more. Uh, had postseason losses with this team in the past, where 
I mean, losing feels awful. Um, yeah, this one was harder. This one was harder. Um, this one was a lot harder, I thought. I saw him on the ground. It looked like it, but they didn't report anything to me, so I'm sure he bounced up and was all right after that. You were pretty clear, like, during the 2019 season, that you felt you had as good a team as any. Did you have as good as the team as any, given the quarterback situation, put that aside, is this team as good as um, yeah, I believe so. Um, I mean, there's four good teams left, and all four of those teams are capable of beating anyone on any day. Um, you know, I said that that year because I just thought we were from the beginning to end. Um, that's similar how Philly's been this year. I uh, thought we had a chance to knock them off today and uh, came up short. Yeah, always, but... Um, that has to do with how hard we work and the team we build and staying healthy and going back to square one and fighting through the off season, fighting through a whole regular season and get into this moment again and hope we get a little bit better draw and hope we play a little bit better. Let's go inside the Niner locker room for 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. Yeah, just, um, you know, my arm just felt like it stretched out, um, just felt like really a lot of just shocks all over from my elbow down to my wrist front and back, um, just pain, really, all over. I have no idea. We're uh, getting an MRI tomorrow. Um, you know, it, it is a little swollen in the forearm area near the elbow, and um, that's all I know, man. It's uh, still in pain, obviously, but just got to get the MRI tomorrow. I've been throwing after the hit occurred on the sideline just to see where I was at. Um, but even in those throws, it was it was painful, and so um, I couldn't throw anything probably over ten yards, five yards. So um, that's why we just had some screens. Those really our only option when I, when I went back in. So. Yeah, it, it just hurts. It's um, I, I'm just so sad for the older guys. You know, Fred, Trent, George, um, Eric Armstead, everyone, all the guys that have been through this. You know, they they've obviously been to the Super Bowl in 19, and then last year in the NFC Championship, and then for this to happen, it's in the first drive really of man. Like this is the kind of game we have to play after the first drive, and I'm just I'm just frustrated. Um, but it's more sad for those guys than anything because they, they, they deserve to go, to win, and to win the whole thing. And so when that happened, man, I just, I'm just more frustrated with that and, and sad for them. Have you ever had this injury or anything like it? I have not. It's the first time. Did you win when you got the hit? You knew it was something that might be a little serious? Yeah, I thought it was an incomplete pass, and then we had a third down coming up, and I went to the sideline while they were like reviewing stuff um, or the play just asking for a ball like this because I knew something wasn't right and so I just asked to see if I could throw and even in those couple throws I was like man something's not right and uh, it was a fumble and then that's when they checked everything out and I tried throwing on the sideline and it was just extremely painful. After Josh, Josh's first series it looked like on third down you were almost going to run on the field or was there something in your mind like you might be able to get back in? Um, was it in your own territory? No I don't, I don't think so not at that, at that moment I was probably throwing on the sideline just to see how how I was feeling, see if it, would, it was getting any better, but it, it, it didn't. 
Brock, after the initial interview, you had a conversation with Kyle at that point on the sideline. What did you say to him at that point? Yeah, I told him right there, um, if we run a play, you know, I can't throw it deep. Like, I, just for this play at least, like, it's hurting really bad. And, you know, I just, if we're going to get a completion, have it be something short, if that's all right. And so that's really what I was telling him. Given the run you had, up more? Given the run you had this whole year, um, had this happen when it happened, just how mine's tough it was for you to have to, have to accept it and then trying to continue on. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I mean, I was just thinking about how hard it is, how it takes every little thing to align the right way to, to win, to go all the way. And um, it's just, I was thinking back earlier to the season, just what happened with all the injuries and stuff. And then, you know, we get hot and we're winning games and how tough even those games are to win. Last week, how tough it was to win. And then you come into an environment like this, you know, locked in and ready to roll and then an injury happens and then, the way the game goes just totally shifts in a different direction. So it's just all these emotions. And, and again, I come back to I want it for these guys, the older guys, more than anybody. You know, as a rookie, you know, you can say, oh, I got your whole career. But, man, it, I, these guys have told me that like, it's rare to get here. And so it's hard. It's not easy. So, um, man, it's more for those guys. And you know, I feel for those guys, man, more than anything. So. Yeah, no, it was play action pass. I was literally uh, ripping it to BA. He was coming open and thought it was going to be a big play. And then, uh, yeah, he just came from my blind side at the time. So on my right side and you know, the ball came out. So. And let's get back down to the 49er locker room where Christian McCaffrey had this to say. Christian, when, when did you know that Brock was basically out for the game? Like right away? Or? Um, no. Yeah, I, I, uh, I found out when everyone went back to the sideline. I saw you talking. To the coach. Like, was there a chance that they might ask you to at least play the quarterback position? Yeah, we had some plays up uh, that were ready to go. Was there a discussion of it was just be ready to go, and it was a specific uh, package of plays. The frustration you guys have to fail to lose Brock, and then you have to put it back on the most important game that this was. Just about the frustration, really, the challenge, I guess, of trying to continue on in that in that kind of mindset, having lost two quarterbacks. Yeah, it's not ideal. It sucks. Um, you know, you never want to see you know any of your teammates get hurt. Let alone, obviously, the quarterback position. It's tough. Um, you know, you're never out of the fight, though. And uh, we believed it, and just didn't turn out our way. You know, we we got beaten. It. Wish we, you know, had another shot at it with with everybody. It would, you know, but it's life. It's the way it goes. What's the emotion like when Josh goes down? Well, you're in the heat of battle. You know, there's you you. You know, you got to turn the page as quick as possible, and you know there's still time left on the clock, so we're trying to score. Christian, what are your emotions? This team has been on a roll almost from the time you got here, and haven't Yeah, there's a lot of emotions uh, that come at you at once. Um, I think obviously it's disappointing, and we wanted to be playing and have a shot to play in the Super Bowl. Um, but at the same time, I'm unbelievably grateful for the way this team took me in in the middle of the year. Um, feels like a family in there, from the coaches and the ownership to the to the players, and um, I'm grateful for everyone in that locker room.
when you consider the run you guys made and just how special was a run like this with this team to do what you guys have done, backup quarterback and the whole things and the chances you guys have to have, how, just how special was this year for this team? Yeah, I think it was it was very special. You know, I go back to just the, the practices when I first got here and didn't know a lot of people and uh, just observing. And there's a reason why that team is has a shot every single year. And I know why now. And the fight that's in the locker room is amazing. Um, it's unfortunate that it happened the way it did today because um, I feel like all those guys deserve, you know, a real shot. We all do. But once again, this, this is a tough game and sometimes it doesn't go your way. Let's get into the 49er locker room where Nick Bosa is addressing the media. It's something that, uh, I mean, this is the best group I've been around. And um, and when stuff like that happens and it's, it's pretty much out of your control, um, it doesn't make it any easier by any means. But um, you kind of just are proud that we fought. It'll, it'll mention that this team has a lot of talent going to be back in future years. Is that almost even being discussed in there or just understood what's possible? Yeah, it's hard to discuss that. We, a couple guys did, but um, the thing about the NFL is you never have the same group. You might have the key guys, um, but it's just sad, you know, and when you go through all this and, and this exact group doesn't get another day together. So that's, that's what makes it hurt. Do you think this might have been your best roster? Oh, yeah. What happened on the punt? It looked like the gunner ran in the How much was the ankle factor? That is, was kind of a sign of a, of a rough day when you get hurt on the sideline. Um, I got a cleat an inch or two into my leg, so uh, that hurt. Um, uh, I was fighting through, though. I don't think it affected me too much. Um, you're going through a lot at this time of the year, so you just have to keep on going. Well, let's go back inside the 49er locker room for 49er tight end George Kittle. Fourteen have been through so much this year. Um, just how things are frustrating, or, or, or just just chat harming, or that have to go to what you guys have been through with two quarterbacks are trying to continue in that scenario. Um. Yeah, I mean, losing your starting quarterback, who's a third-string rookie to your four-string quarterback who did everything he could, uh, gets hurt you know, right away in the third quarter, and then you can only run the ball. It's tough. It's frustrating. You know, this is a hell of a football team. Great defense. Offense was moving it. You know, Christian had an amazing run that got a kind of little spark in us, and then <clears throat> you can only do so much. Ball doesn't bounce our way. That's football. It's life. Um, you know, it's a hell of a team. I think we'll definitely come back. I mean, we have a great foundation, this team. Great locker room. So, just on to the next one. What was Brock's attitude like when you had to go back in the game? I mean, he was just jacked to be able to be out there. I mean, he knew he was like, hey, I mean, I'm not going to be able to throw the ball at all, so, you know, might as well have fun. That's That was kind of just our message was, uh, you know, F it. Like, what else are you going to do? You're just going to roll over and die? Or are you going to go out there and be violent and be physical and, you know, do everything you can to uh, put something good on tape. Just how surreal was it when, obviously you lose Purdy, but then to lose Judge, do you kind of look around and say, what's going on here? I think everybody did that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you dress two quarterbacks when neither one, 
neither one of them can throw and neither one of them is really available kind of uh, limits what you could do as an offense, kind of limits our playbook to like 15 plays. So you want to do so much. Uh, you know, they, as soon as Purdy came back in, they put six guys on line of scrimmage. They loaded the box and it's not like we can do any play actions or anything off it. So we just kind of had to run into it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just I'm pumped that my team didn't quit. They're fighting and whether it was an actual fight or whether they're just doing everything they can to be, be, be violent, I love it. Um, completely terrible circumstance, but uh, you know those boys didn't quit out there. So. Does this loss feel different than a year ago, just because of the circumstances, the emotions around it? I mean, losing sucks regardless. Uh, you know, last year I mean to fight just to get in the playoffs, upset some teams, and this year you know we had all the momentum, played well in the first round, played well in the second round, and uh, I mean, you didn't really get to see all the 49er football that we wanted to put out there on tape, but. And you know, life kind of just punches you in the face sometimes, and it is what it is. What was the vibe like when Josh, before Josh got hurt? I mean, he hadn't played in a while, obviously, but he's... He's a capable quarterback. Yeah. He's been in the league for a long time. He's been on this team before in 2020. He knows our offense. Um, you know, I, I believe in all my teammates, if they get an opportunity, that they're going to take advantage of it. I mean, look at Brock Purdy, what he did for the last eight weeks. You know, um, I had no doubt in Josh. It'll start off a little shaky or slow, but... Now, when you have two turnovers in the first half and one right before half in our own red zone, basically, you know it hurts. And then to lose your your starting your your backup quarterback right away, like, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? We're staying in the Niner locker room, and we'll hear now from Niner linebacker Fred Warner. Man, I mean, it's we lost. It's crazy. Uh, you know, when you win for so long, you forget how losing feels, right? And today, you know, a lot of things didn't go our way. We we uh, self inflict self inflicted wounds on defense all the way through. Um, however, you want you know draw it up or or talk about it. It just uh, wasn't our day. He ain't got nothing to be sad about, you know. He's the one. He's the reason we even got to this game. When Jimmy went down against the Dolphins, like we didn't know what our season was going to be, you know. Um, he came in and did a heck of a job. He's the reason we're here right now. Um, and like I said, unfortunate what happened. Uh, you know, him getting hurt and Josh getting hurt. Uh, we just couldn't do enough to to find a way to win. Yeah, it sucks. You know, no matter what was happening throughout the game, we, we held, I mean, we held strong. We had complete confidence that we could win the game however we needed to, you know, regardless of what everybody else probably was watching. Um, you know, obviously we didn't have our best chance when, you know, stuff like that had happened, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. With everything you guys have fought through this evening, all the injuries that you have dealt with, what were your emotions like yeah, it was tough. You know, it was uh, it was it was tough. You know, guys are obviously emotional. It, uh, you know, I, I've been here before where you lose in the in the biggest moment, and it's it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, you know, you want to talk about how we'll be back next year and all those things, but you know, I think more than anything, just guys kind of um, just uh, reflecting and, and being with one another today in there. Just uh, 
you know, it, every team is different every year. So you got to enjoy at this group while while we have it. But how do you think you will remember this group, particularly the, the, the defense moving forward when you work back on it? Yeah, man. I mean, we finished as the best, you know, the top defense in the league. Unfortunately, we couldn't do enough today to, to give our, our team a chance to win. So um, it sucks, but, you know, this this was a special group. Fred, does this one feel any different? Does this game feel any different from, from past? Uh, yeah, most definitely, you know. And, uh, but a loss is a loss. They all, they all sting. You know, they all sting bad, but... Um, you know, you look at it and you, you learn from it and you be better from it. What do you give and take to get over there? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. You know, I got to I gotta take a look. You know, it's, it's hard to remember exactly how the flow of the game went, but, you know, you see how, you know, um, critical things that might have happened. But, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at it. We'll be better from it, learn from it. Welcome back to the Tales from the Bay podcast. I'm Larry Kruger, and of course, the 49ers season comes to a crashing halt in Philadelphia as they lose the NFC Championship game for the second year in a row. Last year, they lose to the Rams, and the Rams went on to the Super Bowl this year. They lose to the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles move on to the Super Bowl. But, you know, just a couple thoughts on the 49ers season. Um, you know, obviously, a, a, a very interesting season. Um, the season started in week one with the 49ers trying to introduce Trey Lance to, um, you know, the NFL. And um, he played well at times. And other times he didn't look that good in the first game against the Bears. It was a hard game to evaluate because of the monsoon, but the 49ers lost that game. And they bounced back the next week with a nice win over the Seattle Seahawks. Um, but, you know, Trey Lance went down in that game and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo had to come in and, uh, you know, save the day. And basically Jimmy started from, you know, late mid September, the week two against Seattle, he started that game, the Denver game, the Ram game, Carolina, Atlanta, um, Kansas city. Uh, as well as the Ram game into the bye week. Out of the bye week, he started against the Chargers. Uh, he started in Mexico City over the Cardinals. And his last start, I guess, before the Miami injury was New Orleans, where he got the win. So, interestingly enough, you know, the Niners, you know, started with Trey Lance. Then they had to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. And Garoppolo looked really you know, raw in that Denver game. He threw for 211 yards and the Niners lost 11-10. And where the Niner offense was early in the year was so out of sync, disjointed. And somehow they circled the wagons, um, beating the Rams, beating Carolina, um, you know, Jimmy starting to take care of the football. Then there was a two-game stretch in October where they were injured against Atlanta and I thought, you know, Marcus Mariota had one of the best games of the year um, against the Niners. He completed over 80% of his passes. Atlanta ran the ball. Arthur Smith had a brilliant game plan. And the Falcons really just out physical the 49ers at the line of scrimmage and, and beat them 28-14. The next week, the Niners get beat bad by the Chiefs and really look thoroughly outclassed. Um, the Niner coverage, the, the, the Niners played a zone most of the day against Kansas City, and they did a terrible job tackling. Uh, Jarek McKinnon had a had a really, really um, 
a huge uh, screen pass where there was really sloppy tackling that he moved all the way down inside the red zone. Uh, and the Niners got beat bad in that game. But then they make the trade going into that game for Christian McCaffrey, and he winds up playing the next week against the Rams. And McCaffrey was awesome in that game, and he showed his unbelievable um, skills. He gave the 49ers a huge shot in the arm and really saved the season. This is right around Halloween. Um, and the Niners beat the Rams 31-14. They went into the bye week. They came out on a, a national TV game against the, the Chargers and in mid-November, they beat the Chargers. Uh, they wound up beating the Arizona Cardinals badly in Mexico City, uh, what was supposed to be a road game, but it wound up being a huge, successful road trip for the Niners. And it really felt like a home game. There were so many Niner fans in Mexico City. And then they, you know, in a week where they didn't necessarily play all that well, um, they found a way to, to the defense pitched a shutout against the New Orleans Saints and, um, you know, kept the Saints down. And, and, you know, Andy Dalton was held without any points that day, and the Niners got the win. And then we got to December 4th. The calendar turned to December. And, man, Jimmy Garoppolo was playing terrific football, and the 49ers had won four in a row. And there were a lot of people hopeful that Garoppolo could lead the 49ers on a Super Bowl run. And there was a lot of anticipation for that December 4th matchup with Miami. And then Garoppolo takes the injured ankle early and leaves the game. Um, and it was wound up being a very se severe injury, and it wound up costing him basically the rest of his season. Um, and the, the 49ers go off the bench to Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy leads the Niners to a 33-17 win over Miami. And looked really good in the process. And the feeling in the locker room was, hey, you know what? Guys got confidence in Brock. Then you get to to week fourteen, and Brock outduels Tom Brady. Then it was like, hey, can Brock do it on the road? And the Niners went up to Seattle on a Thursday night, a quick turnaround. Four days after they beat Tom Brady, uh, they beat Seattle in a very physical game up there, twenty one thirteen, and and McCaffrey showed some great things in that game. Um, and then the Forty ers wind up beating Washington, you know, on Christmas Eve day. Um, scoring 37 points to beat a pretty good Washington defense. Then they showed they could come from behind. You know, they fell behind by 14 points on New Year's Day in Las Vegas to the Raiders, and Brock Purdy led them back. They wind up winning it in overtime, 37-34. Brock throws for 284 yards. Christian runs for 121 yards. Ayuk had a 100-yard day, and the Niners got that one. And then they found a way to beat Arizona in Week 18 to finish the season on an 11-game winning streak. 38-13. Now, granted, it was a decimated Cardinal team in Week 18, but still, Purdy just played very solid football. And in that game, the Cardinals, the Niner O-line kind of struggled, and Purdy took some hits. That was a very physical game. Um, and that that got the 49ers to the end of the regular season. And then Purdy beats Seattle in the first playoff game. His first playoff start ever. He throws for 332 yards. The Niners put up 41 on Seattle. And they beat Seattle. And then they put up to 19 the next week and beat Dallas and roll into this game with Philadelphia. And the wheels just absolutely came off um, in, the, uh, in the NFC Championship game. And the Eagles get it 31-7. But I would say overall, when you look at the 49ers, 
they had they were in a draft last year where they didn't have a first round pick, and yet they had an enormously successful draft. Um, they really picked up an awful lot of young players that are going to be, you know, staples going forward. I mean, I think when John Lynch and and Adam Peters look back at this season in three years, I think they're going to look at a lot of good football players that they added to this organization. Um, if you really look at the depth, I mean, just this year alone, newcomers to the Niners, Danny Gray, big-time speed. Spencer Burford started most of the year at right guard. Brock Purdy, probably your quarterback of the future. Jordan Mason had a costly penalty in this football game today, but Jordan Mason's got a lot of talent and a big NFL future. Samuel Womack looks like a future starter. Drake Jackson looks like he could be a future starter. And then there's just a lot of other guys along the way, um, you know, that have a future in the NFL. Marcelino McCrary Ball and Quantrez Knight, um, you know, guys like that. Uh, Jason Poe, Tay Martin, Kalia Davis, I mean, the 49ers really did a nice job in the offseason at going after a number of young players. And I think they're going to have a great three-year run here because of all the depth that they they found a way to acquire in this offseason. So, you know, I think that's the overwhelming positive. Now, as we look ahead to the offseason, um, the Niners have a number of of unrestricted free agents that I'm sure they would like to bring back, most notably Jimmy Ward. Samson Ebukam, Emmanuel Mosley, Mike McGlinchey, Aziz Alshair, Robbie Gold, um, and it may not end there. There's Daniel Brunskill, there's Hassan Ridgeway, there's Kerry Hyder, there's Tayshawn Gibson, uh, there's Jordan Willis, and there's another Jake Brendel, your starting center, I mean, among others. So they've got a number of decisions to make in free agency. Uh, they probably want to work out an extension for Nick Bosa long-term. Um, what are they going to do with Trey Lance? I can't imagine they would trade Trey Lance, but at the same time, Trey Lance's agent may not want to stick around. They may demand a trade. But I would say overwhelmingly, if you say objectively, I know 49er fans have high standards, and Niner fans want to see the Niners get that sixth Lombardi. And that's obviously a motivating factor. And Jed wants it, and Kyle wants it, John wants it, and the players want it, the fans want it. Everybody wants it. But I think if you're being you know, fair-minded about things, you'd have to say this was overwhelmingly a positive year. How many teams could make it to the NFC Championship game on their third quarterback? I mean, that right there has made this a very unique year. Um. Now you have two young quarterbacks in Trey Lance and in uh, Brock Purdy. You've got a really deep roster that's you've got a stable of running backs. You got a bunch of receivers. You've got some young offensive linemen that you like. Uh, you, you know you've got to make some decisions on your defense, but got a really solid defense on all three levels. Uh, the special teams addition of Brian Schneider. I think Schneider definitely bolstered the special teams. So, you know, they have a, they have a bunch of free agents. Um, I'm sure they'll try to do their best to sign as many as they possibly can. Um, they also have nine or ten draft choices, and that's, 
you know, if, if D'Amico winds up going somewhere, they may wind up getting an additional third round pick, uh, or at least an additional pick after the third round. So they're, they're in a really good position. The 49ers have a deep roster. Uh, they've got their quarterback of the future. They may have a young quarterback that they can trade if they want to. They've got a great selection of weapons. So what do the 49ers go, look for in their offseason? I think if you're John Lynch and you look at this team, offensively you've got the weapons and you've got the trigger man. Uh, you've got the play caller. It's really about, you know, when Brock Purdy was kept clean, he he completed 88% of his passes in situations like that against Dallas. In this game, he had rushers coming at him all the time. Um, so an investment into some big bodies up front in that offensive line, either in free agency or the draft, I think that's what you can do for your offense. Maybe add another tight end who could uh, compete for with Kittle in two tight end sets. But you've got tremendous weapons. You've got the quarterback. Um, you've got a lot of good offensive line depth. But you may need you know either a veteran offensive lineman or you may need a, a stellar day one of the draft kind of an offensive lineman, somebody who can be a foundation piece. But on the offensive side of the ball, it's clearly the line. They're going to clearly need to invest in the line of scrimmage um, and try to keep Brock Purdy as upright as possible going forward. So they've got the weapons, got the runners, got the receivers. They have the quarterbacks. They may even have a quarterback to trade. But the big goal on offense is to improve the offensive line. And as far as the defense goes, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, um, what do they do inside? Do they try to? They have a lot of defensive ends on this team, but Jordan Willis is a free agent, and Charles Amenahue is a free agent, and you know some of these Samson Ebukam is a free agent. So what do you do? Do you bring these guys back? Do you not? Um, I definitely think you know the one guy that I would absolutely want to sign is re-sign is Aziz Alshair. You know he's a 25 year old linebacker who can play at a near Pro Bowl caliber level. And on this team, he didn't play a whole lot. So um, Al Shair is an interesting guy. I would hate to see him get away. And then, you know, secondary-wise, the 49ers lost a lot when they lost Emmanuel Mosley. Now, I think they would have beaten the Philadelphia Eagles today if they had had a, a healthy Brock Purdy. But you know what? They would have definitely beat the Eagles today if they had had a healthy Brock Purdy and a healthy Emmanuel Mosley. Mosley was a true number one corner. They took him as an undrafted free agent years ago. He's evolved into a true number one corner. And, man, when he went down, um, I guess it was after the Miami game, it was just a kick to the gut. And Charvarius Ward is nice. Diamondor Lenore rebounded and played some pretty good football. Um, they did the best they could. But, man, they really missed Emmanuel Mosley. So, to me, you know, what do you need going into next year? You need to, you know, try to retain as many of your top free agent athletes as you can. Um, find yourself more help on that offensive line. Maybe look for a really strong defensive tackle like a DJ Jones who could hold the point. And other than that, I'm looking for, you know, maybe a coverage safety, maybe a long corner, uh, but corner and and offensive line, you know, defensive backfield, offensive line. Those are the two spots, specifically corner and probably right tackle if they let Mike McGlinchey walk. Um, but that's kind of their situation right now. And we'll see exactly, 
you know, where they where they go. Uh, the good news for the 49ers is, you know, you got a young GM, you got a relatively young head coach, you've got a, uh, you know, first year quarterback, you just added a ton of talent to the organization. And now it's just about specific pieces. You, you may need a little bit more O-line help. You may need a little bit more defensive run stuffing. You may need another perimeter shutdown corner. Um, and then after that, you're just looking for depth and anybody who jumps off the page at you. So it's going to be an interesting offseason for the 49ers. Um, I don't expect they're going to have tons of money to play around with in free agency, but uh, it should be interesting to see what positions they bid on. But, yeah, I would say offensive line on on the offensive side and secondary on the defensive side are the two areas that could be bolstered. And this team could very well be back in this spot a year from now, Um, you know, probably with Brock Purdy, but you never know. And how they play their hand of cards with Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo will be interesting as well. There's a lot of Tom Brady conjecture. So there'll be an awful lot of quarterback conjecture on who's going to be here and who's not going to be here. But I think they've got they've they've the overwhelming positive of this season is that it's sometimes, you know, sometimes you have great seasons and you win the Super Bowl. Other times you have great seasons because you stumbled on to a truly, you know, great player who helps transform you. I think in some ways they may have found that in Brock Purdy. Now we'll see. Time will tell on that. But I really believe that Purdy is an outstanding young quarterback prospect. And I think if you're the 49ers, the plan's got to be to build with him going forward and see what you can, uh, you know, how good can you build up the talent base around Brock Purdy? Uh, I get the feeling that that's a kid who's going to be playing in big time football games for the, for the next five to 10 years, for sure. So overall um, a loss for the Niners in the NFC, NFC championship game and a painful one at that. But when you look at the amount of talent uh, that it came into this organization this year, if, if they have, they can follow that up with another good free agent period and another strong draft, uh, the 49ers could far and away be the deepest team in the entire NFL. Um, that's how deep they are right now. So um, it's going to be an interesting offseason. I'm sure T- Kyle Shanahan is, is uh, you know, I'm sure he's hating this. I mean, you know, it's like a death anytime you get to the end of a season and you've spent so much time, invested so much time and making your team the best you could, and then it comes crashing down at the end. So the Eagles are moving on. The Niners are going home. But I think if you're a 49er fan, you got to be incredibly enthused and positive about the core of talent they have on this roster, the the, the competency of the people picking the players, and – Overall, you know, where they are as far as building a Super Bowl caliber roster in relation to the rest of the league. Um, I th- I do think that they're ahead of most teams in this league. And um, if you're a 49er fan, that right there is a good thing. Just means that you're, you know, you may not go to the Super Bowl next year, but you're going to compete for Super Bowls probably pretty consistently over the next 10 to 15 years. All right. Hope you enjoyed uh, our Tales from the Bay podcast. 49ers lose in Philadelphia and the season comes to a crashing end, but uh, a lot of positives to gain from it. I hope you enjoyed the Tales from the Bay podcast. <laughs>